This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's hour three of the nation. The 254 says Gavin can't even go three weeks without getting back on that positive BS. Sounds like you and Brian Broadiser of like mind and accusing me of flip-flopping. We'll find out. It only has, by the way, been a week and a half since the Cowboys had the absolute life stomped out of them by a barely over 500 football team at their own stadium in the playoffs. But let's talk about it. Maybe I am flipping positive. The truckwreck.com fan text is open at 877-881-1053. How about we take stock to my right? is the former Cowboy Scout, NFL executive, Super Bowl champion, the number one influencer on Cowboy social media, and an Emmy Award winner. He goes by the name of Brian Broaddus. In the pimp cup behind the glass at Master Control is Lucius Alexander. LA Live's coming up at 540, the number one rated segment in afternoon drive radio anywhere in DFW. It's Lucius Alexander. You got uh, Woolchuck and Shia follow here, of course, the Nosebleed Brothers that have... Uh, arrived in the G-Bag Nation coming up on two years ago, approaching their two-year anniversary. And, of course, in the Pimp Cup adjacent, you do have the man coordinating your video, keeping an eye on college football. That's Carter Freeman. You can watch us at 105.thefan.com, Twitch, and YouTube. Well, Saad Yusuf here in the Athletic took note. Oh. Uh, Cowboys season top performers. And the question for you out there is as a Tolo at 877-881-1053. What's your what's the best thing that happened to this football team over the course of the season and, and what's that mean for you going forward? And are you ready to be positive? Brian, looks like you're ready to talk. I felt like that uh, they went in with a plan to try and limit the number of turnovers they had. And I I I think that to me was the positive. The quarterback said he wasn't going to turn the ball over. I think the the scheme helped him. I think he helped him on his – I think he did a lot of it on his own, though, too. You know, I thought he got better at times with his reads, and there was times where he would force the ball, and that probably cost him in, you know, the previous years. But I think overall his his goal was not to turn the football over, and he achieved that, I think, with flying colors. I I do think that Dak certainly – was helped by certain design for Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. I think both should get some love there. But I think there was a massive overreaction in an attempt to overcorrect the turnover issues from a year ago. And I think Dak does deserve credit for that as well by being more smart with the football. But I do think being able to have a scheme that at times, really up until the postseason playoff game against the Packers, did help. Where we talked about 
the bunches, uh, some of the route combinations, the various personnel groupings that they're using different plays out of. But man, the first we can't we can't look over the first five six weeks where Mike McCarthy seemed like he did not trust Dak Prescott. They were not on the same page, and he yeah. essentially neutered his quarterback. And then it's hey, C.D. Lamb and Dak are frustrated. Coach, this ain't gonna work. And now we got to fix things. Now you're looking like one of the best offensive teams in football. Yes, yes, and that that would be a positive to look like one of the best uh, teams in football. And there were there were certainly negatives sprinkled throughout that. Now I think Dak Prescott's inability to to avoid getting stumped, you know, by by good teams, by good defenses was still there. And the turnovers still happen in that situation. When we can't score, we're going to have to just YOLO balls, uh, you know, and you can see that coming from Dak, the fourth quarter turnovers in those kinds of games. And, you know, to me, if you really want to make this offense balanced, it's it's going to come down to fixing the running game at 877-881-1053. The 972 says Jake Ferguson. The 817 says the bye week pivot was awesome. I loved how they showed they could be adaptable, Chief. What, what's sticking out to you? That was definitely that was definitely awesome. I mean, there was a six or seven week stretch there post bye that it was like, man, this is this is exactly what we want to see right here from this offense. Um, but for me, best takeaways. I'm with the Jake Ferguson texter. You have a legit tight end, more than just a legit tight end. You have what might be the makings of a top five sort of tight end in the sport. I think that's huge. Uh, And then CeeDee Lamb, like showing that, hey, I'm not just a number one. I'm not just a top ten receiver. I'm here to be in the number one conversation, and I'm definitely top five. So I think you're living in a world where you may have a top five wide receiver and top five tight end on your offense. That's, yeah. that's pretty exciting. And then you have the makings of a top five guard in Tyler Smith. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, we got three pillars of young dominance at, at, at three separate positions here. Can we build around it more? Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to. And, and as we go over the, the things from Sod's article here, and then we'll get to some more C-note content here coming up in five minutes or so, I want you to think to yourself, are these developments trending up enough that it could be a difference maker for for this team. And, you know, the, the big one, obviously, is CeeDee Lamb emerging as a top-tier wide receiver. Going into last year, we weren't even sure he would be a top-10 guy at the peak of his powers, and now he is trending towards being in the conversation as as the guy. And, you know, I, I think the cool thing about CeeDee now is he is playing at such a high level, he has earned the status that he can hold his teammates to a higher standard. And it's going to be up to him to try to do more Michael Irvin while you're building up while inspiring instead of tearing down and complaining. And that's kind of what I saw there at the end. I, I think it's a, a big offseason. Like, CD has emerged to be a leader player, but the better he's got, the worse his attitude has become. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's impatient with incompetence. And that's a challenge for a lot of the greats. Your teammates are not playing their positions as good as you are, other than maybe Micah Parsons and... Tyron Smith and pass pro that's what it comes down to so you know be cooler uh, to your teammates but if he could take it to another level next year you know I think he's doing everything he can to be pretty much unguardable it's it's just that you know I think the offense has to be able to run them out of some of those coverages that that did did trouble him even when when CD was uh, you know absolutely dominating he mentions Tyler Smith you mentioned Jake Ferguson Deron Bland emerging as a ball hawk and a touchdown threat 
getting him and Diggs on the field again next year, as long as your third corner isn't a total train wreck, you should get plenty of opportunities to make house calls again next year. Is our goal in a perfect world to get Bland back in the slot and get a new boundary corner? Would that, is that our goal, or are we comfortable Bland's now a boundary corner would, and we need to go find a new nickel? I would play Bland at the boundary corner, and then when you want to go to nickel, move him inside, and then you have to then find another guy. Now, how much you play a lot of dime anyway, or excuse me, a lot of nickel anyway, I, I would find a way to put Bland in the slot. Yeah, I really, really would. Yeah, Me too. I, same because I, I think and find it, a, find another corner. It's such a weapon, right? Because we've talked about it. CD, we talked about it too. How they move him around, and we saw two years ago Trayvon started to do that, where he was traveling with Justin Jefferson, and he would travel with the best receiver. So now, if you've got two guys, or if you've even got Bland that you can kick inside against one of those top receivers, if he's playing the slot, I mean that that's that's pretty sexy, right yeah. there. From well, your if corners. you get in a situation where you get you, you continue to get Bland really keeps playing well at the slot. It'll keep people from putting him in there, you know. They'll, they'll keep it'll keep uh, from opponents of putting their best receiver inside, mm-hmm. you know, to get him away from yeah. say Diggs. Yeah, like okay, you want to get him away from Diggs, put him in the slot. Oh damn, he's got to deal with Bland right. now. It's, so a it's not a, it's not an advantage for an offense to have to deal with that. And his tackling ability to like his physicality yeah. in the run game, I think, is hugely important for him being at the nickel spot as well. So yeah, hopefully they can f- figure out a way to get him back there. Yeah, and I, I don't know if he's ever going to continue the season that he had scoring touchdowns. Without Bland's touchdowns, you would have averaged 2.2 points less per game. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. That's it was nuts, a historic Steve. season yeah. for him when it came to that. We have a good kicker. Uh, that's worth celebrating. You know, yeah. we, have, we have emerged from the other side of the post-Dan Bailey era, and uh, we survived it. I don't think it ever cost you any big opportunity to win a division or win a playoff game. And now we got a reliable guy. That's awesome. Three straight 12-win seasons. The consistency needs to be recognized. I mean, it sucks um, that you're, you're, you haven't been a bigger threat to go all the way when inside, but it's way better than missing the playoffs and everything that comes with the lost season. Definitely a step up yeah. from your 8-8 eight and eight average under Jason Garrett, and then maybe you'd have one really good season. At least you know this team's most likely going to win double-digit games in the regular season and yeah. get to the playoffs. The question now is, can they do anything when they get to the postseason? Um, I, you know, I think uh, Dak, Dak in the offense evolving. He was in the MVP conversation. Yeah. He was second team all pro. I mean, it must continue to evolve, but you took steps in the right direction of, of learning how to problem solve what's gone wrong for us here and, and what should we make, be making adjustments to do. Hopefully they can uh, you know, finish that job up coming up this offseason. Okay, 817 says Gallup is the Cowboys' best receiver. Don't need to read any more of that. What? Uh, that one's tough right there. <laughs> I was a troll. Uh, did you all see the Fish article about trading Dak to the Bears for Justin Fields uh, and the no, ninth, ninth pick? pick? Would you all do it? I didn't. I was too busy reading Fish's other 45 stories about trades today. Um, but I would do that. Uh, you know, I, For me, you know, I filter a lot of my things through would the Cowboys actually do it? And I think the answer to that is no. But I want to move on and get back in the rookie quarterback game. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to look and see what the compet- uh, compensation was. I saw Jeff Saturday on ESPN trading Dak to the Falcons. Okay. Uh, so I need to see what he got in return for his hypothetical uh, not oh, yeah. Bo- trade. Uh, uh, Sean and Bobby were talking about that, I, I think, with, uh, with RJ, maybe uh, yesterday morning or something like that. The, I just... It would, be, it would be interesting to actually consider that those trades are possible. I, I just don't think the Cowboys are in that mindset at all right now. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe Jerry will decide to to grab that steering wheel and let Daddy. You know, hey, 
I, I know Stephen convinced you, Jerry, that being careful and managing things uh, on a much more conservative way was the way. And uh, after t- 20 years of holding the line, you said, all right, son, you go ahead and have your turn. But you know how many Super Bowls your son's won for us so far? Zero. Okay. The proof's in the pudding. Okay. Steve needs a checkup from the neck up. He needs to figure out what it's going to take to win a Super Bowl. And until he does, Jerry, you don't want to let him be in charge for your last years watching this football team, do you? I don't think so. Here's Zach Wolchuk with the rest of the Ceno. Well, uh, if we're being positive, blogging the boys put out their 2023 season awards for the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, MVP. It is Dak. Dak is a finalist for NFL MVP as well. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking Cowboys, Dak did have, I think, his best season. Could have voted CD in there too. Offensive player of the year. Okay. That is CD Lamb. Okay, there we go. He gets that, and rightly so. I mean, 1,749 yards, unmatched by any other player to ever wear the 88 or any other wide receiver in Cowboy history. 135 catches as well. Unbelievable. Defensive player of the year. That was Micah Parsons. Mm. Uh, And he is a finalist for defensive player of the year as well. He had a career-high 14 sacks. Again, I think all these guys just want to step up in the big moments to be able to take that next step. Did Did we get another start great? Finish slow from him, from Micah. Yeah, if we look at the numbers, game the to sacks. game, the game, the, the sacks game went to game. down again. But, yeah. but how were the pressures? The pressures. I need, I need to go. I need to go take a look at the pressures. I don't know for sure. I'm sure the pressures were still there. I mean, in the amount of time, the, the amount of attention that he is offenses have to focus on. I mean, he's getting double, triple team, the holds that weren't called. But yeah, oh, the numbers would show you based on the sacks. Yeah. that Yes, indeed. So it was, another it, one of it, those was a, it was a sack. It, the sacks did. They, the they, sacks for sure decreased. And, and we'll see what the pressure. Almost identically pressures. from yeah. last year uh, through like the first 10 yeah. games to the last uh, seven or whatever. His numbers from a sack standpoint, they were trending in the wrong direction. Back-to-back seasons. I'll try and figure out the total pressures, though, here. Rookie of the year, Brandon Aubrey. <laughs> I mean, yeah. where else were you going to go? T.J. Bass? Yeah, no. Yeah. It's a tough one. Most improved player. Now, I don't know if you guys would disagree with this, but it is indeed Jake Ferguson, who was fantastic this year. And, you know, we tried to tell you in the offseason, man, he's going to be an upgrade over Dalton Schultz. Don't worry about it. He's going to be a tight end one for you. Uh, the Cowboys still felt the need to take a tight end in the second round of this past draft, in which was a deep draft, but... We'll see. Maybe Scooney ends up being better next year. And coach of the year for the Cowboys ends up being Al Harris. Hmm. Former corner himself. Uh, the year that Deron Bland had follows up the years that Trayvon Diggs has had with him. He deserves some love. I've certainly thrown out the idea that if Dan Quinn left, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's Joe Witt as next in line. But if you wanted to try and get a young guy that possibly might not be quite ready, but you just go ahead and give him the reins. Maybe Al Harris is that guy. It seems like the players love him. And he's, a, he's an emerging candidate to be a defensive coordinator. But Al Harris certainly deserves some love. The other thing that's interesting here in the C-Note is I saw an article uh, from Bleacher Report. Some top players to target in free agency if the Cowboys actually finally want to spend some money. The big thing is if. Like, do we actually believe that this team is going to spend money in free agency? It's hard for me to believe that until they actually do it. Right. And towards your G-bag of the day winning rant, I think that we've seen that this thing has pivoted from, no, we're not going to do that under Stephen Jones. Yeah. They don't want to do that. Mm. But if they did, there's some big names out there that could help you. Are the Chiefs able to re-sign a Chris Jones? If not, he's a free agent, and he fits a big position of need, and you know he's an impact Super Bowl championship caliber player. 
What about a guy that caused you fits when you went up against them? And Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle of the Miami Dolphins, who's also a phenomenal player, and the Dolphins are spending money. Are they able to bring in a Christian Wilkins? You've got Devin White, linebacker from LSU, that has kind of faded a little bit, uh, been up and down with the Bucks, but I think he's also been frustrated with his contract situation there as well. Yeah, but you need to maybe there's don't connect the dots on that one with with, with Quinn. Quinn, yeah. If we if Dan Quinn's still the defensive coordinator, yeah, maybe, right. maybe he's not a, f- a right. fan of the player. Right. Patrick Queen from the Ravens. He got better with Roquan Smith standing next to him. And I think that Baldy made a great point with Patrick Queen because he's going to be a free agent. I don't know that the Ravens bring him back. You have to have somebody else, and I don't think the Cowboys have that guy with Leighton Van Der Esch most likely retiring to call your defense. There you go. And I don't think Damone Clark is a guy that can call the defense either. There you go. So that's a responsibility that seemed like as soon as that was taken off the shoulders of Patrick Queen and he could play freely, he became a better player. But there's some names that we've, you know, and some other ones that we've already discussed, uh, maybe a Jonah Williams from the Bengals injury guy. Jalen Johnson seems like the Bears are going to tag him if they don't get a long-term deal reach. So if you wanted another corner, he's probably not an option. But there are some attractive names in free agency if the Cowboys actually wanted to spend some money. Micah averaged five pressures per game for the first nine games of the season, averaged four and a half pressures per game so for the final eight this, games of the season. How did that compare to, and I'm asking a question, do we have the numbers from last year? Last year, his pressures did not dip, even though his sacks did as the season went on. Okay. And everybody was talking about the fatigue setting in. Yeah. And the same thing happened this year where the first half of the season is where he got majority of his sacks. There you go. But his pressures did not really Only decrease. Like half a pressure a game, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Down, yeah, basically, yeah. First nine games, five pressures a game. Last eight games, four and a half pressures a game. Yeah. But the final game was one pressure versus the Packers, you know, but by and large, his pressures per game were were still consistent wow. all throughout the season, even though his sack totals dipped pretty drastically. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Absolutely. <clears throat> it's always outstanding to have a conversation about football with you. Now, every afternoon at 420, we take a look at the top 10. I don't imagine your top 10 is uh, Vince McMahon's top 10 text messages no, of the day. We're going to stay away Holy from that cow. One. My gosh. If you want to yeah. sprinkle dingle that in before the top 10, though, you're more than welcome. 877-881-1053. I'm going to let the Tolos decide. Do you want food or do you want a football-themed top 10? Because we've hmm. done a lot of food this week. If you want some football, I got you covered. Let us know, Tolos. Give your vote as well. That's next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. It is time for the top 10 at 420. 
Segment's brought to you by Soda. That is state-of-the-art, and it's brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for free consultation. 214 or 817 Go to truckwreck.com. Here's Woolchuck. All right, it looks like football uh, has won based on the Tolos. Football! Or turn it on or leave it on, listeners. The Tolos wanted the footballs now. The Tolos, uh, a couple of our Tolos were like, please give us the food. Give us the food. What was the food, yeah, though? I yeah, mean, at least like, food? let yeah. us know what I'll, we missed out you on. You know what I'll do is uh, I might circle back tomorrow and use the food. Oh, I thought you were going to do dueling mocks. Yeah. Man, I don't, know if I, I don't know if we can do the dueling today. I don't think you have what, the energy. The I don't think you have the stamina. The so I found a CNN analyst that ranked the top 10 best foods in the entire world. Boom. And it's a very interesting good, list. Good list. Is this uh, from CNN Sports? No, just CNN mm. in general. Dun, so maybe we'll dun, dun, back, do that tomorrow while we're at from the, the ballpark. ballpark. Did, you guys, did you guys see TNT get butt cracked the other night with some CNN Sports? It wasn't a full-on butt cracking because oh, no, it was the Doc do. Rivers news. They reported the Doc Rivers news. Uh, it was before it was official, though. They were yeah. just trying to get ahead of it. And Adam yeah. Lefko is going, we have breaking news from CNN. And we're like, what? And they're like, CNN Sports? And he's like, yeah, I guess, CNN Sports. And, of course, they don't have a sport. I mean, there is no such thing. There is no <laughs> CNN Sports entity. Well, why the hell isn't They were all looking Hasn't around. Been for about 30 years. Yeah. yeah. There was at one point. Nick wasn't Charles. There. Remember Vince Cellini? Nick Ch- Vince Cellini, yeah. Nick Charles. They could do a show. Vince Cellini yeah. is a hell of a name. Yeah, I CNN, know, dude. CNN, CNN, battled, CNN battled ESPN there for a while. Who was the, it was the guy, Fred uh, Durst. <laughs> Fred Durst. Flintstone. Wasn't it Fred Hickman? Fred Hickman. There yeah. you go. Fred Hickman. Yeah. Nah, sorry. Probably Freddie Mitchell, maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay, the Rangers. Fred X. X. Some, Fred some, X. Fred X. That's good. Uh, some Ranger Dick updates Fangio. for you. <laughs> Real quick. How much did you think about Dick Fangio last Vic, night? Brian. I was driving home, and I'm like, God, that was stupid of me. Like, they do it all the time. I thought you were just honestly just calling. I mean, I thought you didn't really know his first name. I really didn't. <laughs> Our Dolphins insider? <laughs> Dick you idiot. <laughs> no, dude, I'm glad you did that because sometimes we we get used to our, you know, the sort of sort of the inside jokes, nah, and it's good to open nice, that door from time to time. You're just being nice because I brought you a brisket grilled cheese. Today. Well, there's that. Uh, veteran reliever David Robertson is drawing interest for the Texas Rangers right now. Uh, now, he's been in the league for a while. He's 38 years old, started with the Yankees in 2008, won a World Series in 2009 with them, was an all-star back in 2011, most recently was with the Miami Marlins and D-Rob had a pretty good year last year with the Marlins went six and six 303 ERA war was a 1.7 but he'd be a a veteran bullpen arm if the Rangers decided to bring him in has he been with a lot of teams there's a lot of teams yeah bit of a bit of a journeyman okay uh, I just want to make sure I had the right guy it is yeah last year he was with the Marlins year before with the Mets I mean he's been a bit of a mercenary I think he was with the Cubs in 2022 got traded to the Phillies he was good with the Yankees was really good with the Yankees uh was an all-star there and won the World Series there so, baseball. you know, yeah, certainly, you know, that would be a veteran arm to just have out of the pen, maybe in the middle innings, um, set up sixth and seventh guy. We'll see. Rangers also made some signings today for their, uh, you know, j- just camp invite arms. You know, so they brought in infielder Matt Duffy, who is with the Royals, Jared Walsh, your first baseman that we're very familiar with, with the Angels, uh, and then Blake Taylor. They all got minor league deals and spring training invites. Taylor was a another pitcher with the Houston Astros as the Rangers we had to the, fill out that roster. We have the former Royals GM with us, right, as a special assistant. Yes, we so do. Maybe so there's interest. Yeah, maybe, some, Duffy, maybe Duffy has a connection there. Familiarity there, certainly, yep. with, with Matt Duffy 
And then we brought up the Raheem Morris news. For those of you that uh, yeah. didn't hear that, Raheem Morris is going to be the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So Bill Belichick maybe sits out this year, tries to get back into the I league next year. Think we'll he see. Will. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, you mentioned this, and Zach Robinson's been a sexy name. The quarterbacks coach of the Rams, strong candidate to be Raheem Morris's offensive coordinator, is Rams passing game and quarterbacks coach. Zach Robinson. There you go. So that that's a v- crucial hire for him as they look to probably draft a quarterback in the top 10 this year. Sounds like a big day for Robinsons. Baseball and football. Well, our guy's Robertson. David Robertson. Oh, Robertson. But the, our sons. For Close. Sure, I mean, for tomato, sure. tomato. Yeah, I it's, tried. It's the same thing. Now, you, uh, you know, I'll give you credit for that. Partial. You can pass. Uh, all right, let's get to the top 10 pass. football list then, shall we? 877-881-1053. Greatest conference championship game. In NFL history, what do you think? What are your, some of your favorite conference championship Packers games versus Carolina. in the history of the sport? For you, it would be. Packers Cowboy fans, we would say go bleep yourselves. Cowboys should have beaten the Panthers in that divisional round, and yeah. then would have kicked the Packers' well, ass again. We'll just pick any other Packer-Cowboy championship thing you want to be a part of, and yeah, that could be your best day. So we're getting ready for a conference championship Sunday. Do you guys have any, when I bring up conference title games, that just come to mind as yeah. like, damn, that was a great game. I'm trying to think, because you forget, like, was Mahomes versus Allen a couple years ago? Was that actually... was, that was that a, a divisional game. See what I'm saying? But they did play the year before, I think it was, in the conference championship game, it's but tough. it wasn't as good of a game. Yeah, it's tough for me to just pull um, the was specifics of that, you know? Was Cincinnati and Kansas City one? Cincinnati, Kansas City was one. That was a great game. To me, it's, uh, I think it was 06, Colts, Patriots. The first time Manning Ooh, beat Brady. Yes. Where the, I mean, I think the Patriots got up 21 to 3, something yes. crazy. And I had the, a lot of money on that game. Man, Colts came yep. roaring back, yep. and then they get the game winner, Joseph Adai, running it in, and then Marlon Jackson, Michigan kid. I was, uh, tec- I was texting my guy who, who caught me that game. I'm like, dude, what did you do? He's like, relax, it's going to be fine. You know, and I'm like, just how, how we drew it up. Call? We're down 18, <laughs> but we were fine. You got we the were. dub. Yeah, we did. It, it was great. I don't know how you could go wrong with the 93 NFC title game where the, where the Cowboys yeah. just housed the Niners. Epic. Absolutely epic. Uh, some of the honorable mentions we have here in this list, courtesy of CBS Sports. We've got that uh, 99 NFC championship game, which the score in the game was actually gross as hell. But the way it ended was wild with the Bucks and the Rams. Rams won this game eleven to six, but trailing six to five with under five minutes Score left. Score a gummy. The Rams offense gummy. finally ended up getting on the board, but then you had the crazy ending with the Sean King throw, uh, and there was a play that like was this ball caught or was it not caught? They end up reviewing this. Ricky Prohl ends up sending yeah. them to the to the uh, Super Bowl that year, and they won. But my gosh, I mean that was such an epic. Bucks defense versus the greatest show on turf, Rams offense. And really, the majority of the game, Bucks defense held their own. But it was indeed the lack of offense that did the Bucks in that day. Other honorable mention, you've got the 2013 NFC Championship game, Seahawks 23, 49ers 17. That Is this was, the Crabtree? That was the Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, okay. test me with a sorry-ass receiver like Crabtree. That was awesome. That was epic. Didn't Seattle have one with the Packers? Didn't they have an epic? That's 12 yeah. on the list, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. That was when they were down. That's when the Cowboys should have been in that game, 2014. Yep. Uh, and the Packers played like or the Seahawks came out playing like doo-doo. Packers got up big. They were up 16-0 at half, and then this one goes to overtime because I think, didn't the Packers like foil an onside kick recovery? Yes, something crazy one? happened, yeah. And then Seattle, Jermaine Curse, the 35-yard walk-off touchdown from Russell Wilson. And then the last honorable mention, 2007 
NFC Championship game. Giants beat the Packers in overtime 23-20. This was the Coughlin like frostbite, frostbite face, red cheeks. I mean, this was the freak. Oh, tundra face, Plex, Plexco Burris. Yeah, tundra face. The Corey Tund- Webster yeah. interception from Favre. His last game as a Packer. Let me ask you this: Was the Ice Bowl a conference championship game, or was that a World Championship game? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Nineteen sixty-seven. I, I Let pull- me see if it's on this list. Is it not on that 10. list? It's not in the top ten, which makes me wonder. Maybe because I, I wonder if that was a world NFL championship game. Okay, okay, there Sorry. you go. Sorry about that. No, you're good. I think that was a fair question because if it was Back a conference championship game, it should have been in this top ten, and it got snubbed. Yeah. And I'm going to say CBS Sports, go bleep yourself. We're doing the food. Number ten is the 1987 AFC Championship game. Broncos beat the Browns. Oh, was 38 that to 33. The drive or the fumble. This what? was, I believe, the drive. Okay, yeah. Well, it's pretty oh, much. No, no, it's it pretty much fumble. title game. This was the fumble. I apologize. Because they played the AFL's champion in, the, in Super Bowl two, but they still so, called it the NFL championship game. So it was. Okay. So it was a. So it just wasn't an AFC NFC conference championship this is, game technically. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is. Yeah, okay. so I guess it doesn't quite fit the framework, but we can put it on there. Okay. It's Semantics. Two thousand nine NFC championship game: Saints Vikings thirty one twenty eight overtime. That's a Brett Favre to the middle of the field yes. shot. Another wow. interception. Another interception from Brett Bleepin Favre. Oh, and, uh, what now did I've, you just say? Uh, you said it too, so that's why I went ahead and mm-hmm. just. Double down. Double down. down. Is that the sun? It is the sun. Wow. Uh, And now rules are rules. And if you don't know, Brett Favre on the sideline, NFL Films, did a Keith Jackson impression. And anytime his name is said, I have to do it my own version here on the G Bag Nation. And Mama gave me eight of them flap checks. And Mama take away five of them flap checks. I want to stay hungry for the Crimson Crimson Tide. Tide. Uh, You've got number eight. 98 NFC title game. Falcons 30. Vikings 27 in overtime. Oh. One of the greatest that never won it. Gary Anderson missed right yes, there, right? Yes, the 98 oh. Vikings. What a fun Super Bowl that would have been, too, with that Broncos team and the the Vikings with Cunningham and Randy Moss's rookie year and Chris Carter and Rod Smith. Oh, it would have been a blast. But the Falcons, dirty the, birds the Dirty Birds, fun. the Dirty yeah. Birds, yeah, uh, they crashed the party there. Seven is Bengals-Chiefs, 27-24. And then 2021 NFC Championship mm-hmm. game, Bengals beating the Chiefs in overtime. And Mahomes... One of the rare times he threw an interception and the Bengals were able to make him pay. Number six is the 95 AFC title game. Steelers 20, Colts 16. Steelers went on to get their uh, butts kicked by, of course, Larry Brown in the Super Bowl there by the Cowboys. Number five, 1990 NFC title game. There will be no three-peat. Giants beat the Niners 15-13. to Bill Parcells getting that one. Uh, and those were the famous words by Pat Summerall. After Matt Barr's 42-yard field goal gave the Giants an upset win over the defending two-time champs. Number four, we've got the 1986 AFC Championship game. This one was overtime, 23-20. to Elway doing his thing in OT. Denver's defense gave the ball back to Elway, who got the Broncos past midfield on a 22-yard completion to Orson Mobley. And they end up getting the victory there. Big tight end, man. Orson Mobley. Big boy. Here it is, number three, and I'm surprised this isn't one, but three is the catch. The 06 AFC oh. Championship game I mentioned. 06. Colts 38, Patriots 34. Two is the 2018 AFC Championship game. And damn it, I forgot about this. The one. Frank Clark game. This is Patriots 37, Chiefs 31. Yes. And this Ooh. was this was Rex Burkhead. Shout out to Plano getting the game-winning touchdown for the Patriots. But this was Brady beating Mahomes in the AFC title game. The first time he was there and lost. 
Uh, but yes, it was. It was it was D Ford offside. Oh, it was D Ford. D Ford. Sorry think, about think, that, Frank Clark. That's Frank on me, Clark dude. Might have also had a bugaboo. I got to be more respectful than that. But D Ford was offside. So D yeah, Ford. Then, I think that might have also been the game where that punt like went through Julian Edelman's hands. They thought he touched it, and the Chiefs picked it up, returned it for a touchdown. Then it was reviewed, and somehow it skipped right over Edelman's After hands. After further review, and it wasn't a fumble. I mean, that yeah. game had everything you needed in it. Uh, and number one. 1981, NFC Championship game. It is the catch. 49ers 28, Cowboys 27. That's wow. the greatest conference championship game. Ouchie. Mm-hmm. I prefer 93. I Horse prefer t- 93 and I prefer 06. Think Horse collar tackle there on 92. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers were cheating. I mean, that one doesn't count. I think that, that should be stripped away, like mm-hmm. the Heisman trophies. and They should just award <laughs> the Cowboys the Super Bowl there. And that's uh, today's top 10. There he, he did it again. Look at that, Broadus. I tell you what, it's impressive what he's been able to do Thank so you. far. It was impressive last night with the Mavs post game as <laughs> one of the most confrontational men in DFW sports media. Had another one with Luca. We'll play you how it went down and what we think. Then football's finest coming up here at the top of the hour in the G-Bag Nation. Welcome back, Nation. Um, Luca asking a, a fan to be removed from the arena for the second time in a week last night. That's the other thing about the story. Like two or three games ago, it happened again. I forget who they were playing uh, over the weekend. But he he did that there. And, you know, the complaining about the refs. Anyway, it was a topic last night in the post game, wasn't it, Wolchuk? I noticed you had uh, you'd mentioned you have the audio here of uh, Tim McMahon and Luca, right? Yeah, we have the back and forth with McMahon and uh, Luca. Of course, Tim McMahon during the game put out the video tweet of the fan being ejected. Uh, and then apparently what he said to Luca as well, uh, and here was the exchange post game between Timmy Mack and Luca Doncic. Luca, what were you frustrated about at the end of the uh, second quarter when you got that tactical? Uh, I know I saw you when you said when you said about the fan. You know that was not a true all. That was not the only thing he said. Uh, but I knew you would be the first one to to point out something like that. Cause I'm not going to say what he said, but I knew you were going to be the first one to put out something like that. So I just saw it, man. It's just funny. He always seemed to be the first one to put some bad stuff about me. First of all, 99% of the stuff I've written about you has been good. Oh, I don't know. I was sitting two rows behind us. All right. So it was the only thing he was that time he said something, the only thing. That was what you reacted to. Yeah. I was hearing the whole first half, right? Well, oh, you didn't hear anything. He was definitely hollering. Okay, there we go. Acted. But you put out something that was just the only thing. But what was okay, the final what, straw? What, what, what was the what final was the issue? What was the thing that? It's not the issue. I'm just saying you seems to be the first one to always put something bad about me. That's fine. It's all over. That's Why did you ask for the fan to be ejected? You because he was cursing me the whole first half too. Why didn't you ask for Luke to be ejected in the first half then? Because I never would eject a fan. They pay for tickets, but I had enough, you know. It's a little bit of frustration. You turned your head and looked over at him after he said that. That's, I mean, that's what we saw. Yeah, that's fine. You'd be the, guy, the bad guy in the media, right? It's all right. Feel like fairly portrayed in the media? No. Oh, he doesn't feel like he's fairly portrayed in the media. I, I feel like media. Luca gets no criticism in the media. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like, you know, last night's just the latest example of him not being able to handle himself in a professional manner on the court. Yeah. I think there are times where fans go over the line, but there, is, there has been no evidence to suggest, and not even Luca claiming anything was said that, w- that was over the line. You know, I think um, it's, it's unfortunate what's going on here with Luca uh, and, and Tim because I do feel like Tim's just trying to do a great job. 
But this is another example of anybody that, you know, is providing any sort of uh, friction for Luka Doncic is, um, you know, getting a, a clear message from him that that's unacceptable. We're not doing that here. You know, everything's going to be pro Luka. It's like that's how that's how he responds really to a situation where I think he should be apologizing. You know, he, he even said it. I don't want to be the kind of guy that's getting fans kicked out of games. They pay for a ticket. He knows it's wrong. Second time in a week he's done that. You know, so I, I just, I think right now you have a perfect time, but just like Draymond a couple of weeks ago, where in the moment he's going to defend it. After the game, he's going to make up stuff about it to keep defending himself. Today is the day where hopefully Luca's embarrassed enough to be like, you're right, I need help. You know, and I don't know if it's time away from the game or a sports therapist or or something, but you can't lead a team like this. This is mercurial fourth best player on your team who's so talented will put up with his horse bleep attitude. Yeah, that's what that is. That's not that's not team leader stuff. Well, and the quote that apparently uh, directed the frustration from Luca and made it boil over the edge was Luca, you're tired. Get your ass on the treadmill. And, I, I, you know, uh, to me, it's just like p- fans are going to say something. And we did find out that the fan didn't actually get ejected from the game. He just got moved to another spot in the stadium. But it's just when is this going? When When, when is Luca eventually going to realize this is an issue? Like every year, you know, the, the excuse and my reasoning was, all right, he's young. He'll grow out of this. He's now 24 and he's been mm-hmm. in the league long enough where it's mm-hmm. like we can't have this happening every single year where you are so easily distracted and taken out of your game by the officials or a fan yelling something in the stands. Like, if that is Kobe Bryant, if that is LeBron James, if that is some of these lethal assassins that we've seen before, they're going to look over, they're going to smile, then they're going to drop 40 on your ass and win the game. And then look over and say, what do you have to say now? Luka's got to get a little bit tougher and thicker skin, man. When things aren't going your way, you can't just bitch out about it. No, no, and and hopefully, you know, the, these are the moments because, and I, and I say that because... He already realized it about his 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 physical um, appearance being too heavy, right? So we know there is a place in Luca's mind where he's trying to do everything he needs to in order to be the best version of himself. And over the last twelve months, he has addressed the physical state of his body, much leaner. You know, maybe maybe just slim down and doesn't have the good cardio yet. I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily disagree or agree with the fan. I think his cardio is fine. Yeah. Um, but if he's on a mission to improve every part of his game, then this is the next thing. Um, and, and we'll see. You know, when you when you compete, it, it's such a, a, a test, uh, not only of you physically, but mentally and emotionally. And the failures are there for everybody to see. And it can be very difficult to rewire your programming to react toxically. You know, I, I think it's much more difficult to change your behavior, especially in those competitive, highly stressful moments than, than people give it credit for. So I'm not going to make lightly of it. Like, it, it's it's just a nothing burger for Luca to go take this. I, I think it's going to be a significant uh, thing to accomplish. Yeah, I, I, I think there's probably more to this. You know, I, I, I you always worry about players, and especially with players that, you know, his situations he deals with with his family and other things like that. You know, there might be something that we don't know about he's carrying to the arena. And all of a sudden, you know, he just he gets frustrated. Something happens. And, you know, I think Devin Booker had a lot to do with it yesterday, the way that he played, because that's one of his nemesis. But I would also, and I don't know if he would bring it up or not, Luca, but I think he might be carrying something with him. Hmm. You know, I think he might be carrying something that, you know, 
and again, we don't know, but I, I just, he's just, he's acting really, really strange about things. You know, the, the wanting people removed and getting distracted. And, you know, it's always been about the, the refs. We get that, but he's kind of taking it a step further. Like there's something just agitating him right now that he's bringing to the arena. And I don't know if we'll ever figure it out, but that's just kind of my, my two cents. Yeah, because I, I my my initial something's ticking him off to make him to make him re- react the way he is right now. Yeah, I think that's that's very much a possibility for sure. I I did view Luca as more of the assassin kind of dude though. You know where he's like, okay, when, when you're in a Devin Booker game, like you're just gonna want to go toe to toe with that guy, and he's and, done it before. Yeah, right, right, and, and he's owned him. There, there's no doubt, and and there are people that are you know pushing back and texting in like you can ha- fans are allowed to just abuse players. No, there's there's a line. You say a certain something, you threaten a family member. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to have an issue with getting a fan thrown out of the game, right? Fans they need to be held accountable too. They can't just say whatever the hell they want. But yeah. in this situation, it doesn't sound like anything was really over the line of just no, traditional trash talk. That's what I'm saying. To me, I'm sure he's heard worse. I'm sure he's been in arenas and probably heard worse. Let me hear <laughs> what the hard R some of those fans, you know? And th- that doesn't seem like something that would be like he was going after his family or country or nationality or whatever. It d- that doesn't seem very much, you know, hey, you're out of shape. Oh, whatever, you know? I, I don't think that's as that's something as a throw-me-out-of-the-arena kind of a- offense. I'm sure no. he's heard worse. No, that's that's normal kind of stuff that, that you show up for. I, yeah. I, hopefully it's How about just be that... more creative with your, you know, getting on the players, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. not very creative. You should be, yeah, you should be more creative. Yeah. I mean, that's a lost art, heckling yeah. the players from heckling, a fan yeah. perspective to yeah. where you're actually making it funny, you know? But yeah. usually we should be doing it to the away players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe not, not the home ones. But I think the fans are frustrated. Expectations well, create suffering. The Mavs had expectations coming in. You have Kyrie as a teammate. You can't stay healthy. You can't win games. And losing is going to make things a lot more difficult I, I think if the Mavs would start winning maybe some of this stuff would go away yeah. but as in, from an organizational perspective it's not worth trying to build around this for five or six years because this is getting worse it is like there's like an anger issue in there or it's like alcoholism where once you've become an adult and at 25 years old your brain is totally developed if you have not gotten a handle on your biggest issues they're not going to get better you're just going to be more stuck in your ways, and this organization is enabling it. You must you must stick your foot in the ground. It needs Pat Riley right now to be like, dude, if you want to act like this, just let me know because I'm trading you tomorrow. Please, just let mm-hmm. me know. Is this how you're going to do it for the next five or six years? Because we don't play that here. We're about winning championships, and what you're doing, is it makes it very difficult for everybody else on your team to focus on the job of winning basketball games because whatever you got going on is just it's too much for us. Yeah. You're a European, arrogant, obnoxious playboy who's got no willingness to sacrifice any part of what you want to do at this very moment to help your teammates get a better chance to win the game. We're out here doing everything in our power to help you put on a show. We play defense for you. We try to make shots for you. The offense is totally catered around your slow ass methodically making it to the three-point line or the rim. And guess what? We love it. Please, just don't make a mockery of our sport by by running around trying to get fans kicked out and complaining about the refs 24-7. It has become an eyesore to watch these games and and really, I think, embarrass the, 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 the city, the logo, however you want to put it. And I think the team right now is at a, a major fork in the road. I hope they have strength 
Because at a time like this, you're selling the team. The new owners are coming in. They don't want you to lose the superstar. Nobody wants to lose their jobs. But the best sports leadership thing you could do right now is help that man figure it out. And that's going to require tough love. Not just saying, thank you, Luca, well, for another 30-point triple-double. Who in that building goes and gives him tough love? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Because, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Jason Kidd go towards him in the media and say yeah. things. And maybe and, it's Jason. And, and it just doesn't, it hasn't worked that I think way. Jason Kidd should anyway, because yeah. after a second disappointing season, you're probably about to get fired. Right. If I'm Mark Cuban, I'm like, dude, tear his ass up, and then if it doesn't work, I'll give you a bonus at the end of the year while we <laughs> fire you. But please, give us a shot to correct this behavior before any more games go on. Football's finest coming up next. Chief, where are we going? How the coaching musical chairs affects our own situation here with the front runners, and let's get you ready for some conference title football next year in the nation. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.